Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Dave Therian, New Hope Radio, and the Hope Club Podcast. Coming at you all different ways. And it's Christmas week. Glad about that? I like Christmas week. I like it because it's a special time of year. A time when we kind of, you know, refocus. Refocus on God's gift to all of humanity. We're going to talk this week about the emotions of Christmas. Different emotions of different individuals that they experienced at the birth of Christ, at that first Christmas. We're going to see the emotion of amazement that Mary and Joseph had. The emotion of kindness that the innkeeper had. Did you ever think of the innkeeper having an emotion of kindness? Sometimes he's portrayed as kind of a brutal guy. I think he was pretty kind. But today, oh yeah, today we begin with love. As a matter of fact, not just any old love, the love of God. There is a power in the world that can accomplish more than any other power. You know that? Any other power. Now, we know that dynamite can move mountains. Ocean waves can move towns. Floods can bury cities. And in some cases, the power of influence can change the course of things. But there is a power greater than all, and that's the power of love. And this power is great because it changes something that none of those other things can change. And you know what that is? The heart. Only love can change a heart. Nothing else can change a heart. It's, it's harder to change a heart than it is to move a mountain. But love can do it. And love can change a heart. And God does that through His love. See, it takes God's love to change our hearts. And what is growth? We talk about spiritual growth, right? You know what it is? Heart change. That's all it is. Spiritual growth is changing your heart. So, as we embark on our journey to Christmas, I want us to see what it was that inspired Christmas in the first place. And let me clarify, we know that, first of all, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We also know that the Christmas observance was kind of infiltrated by the church to compete with other pagan ceremonies. But I'm thankful for Christmas. You know why? It still marks time, a special time, to observe the birth of the Savior, God's gift to us. So I'm okay with that. So we're going to see the who, the what, the why, the where, and the when that Christmas came to be. So bear with me as we acknowledge that, okay, we're going to celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December. So let's just go with that, okay? Who? The who of Christmas. Well, it all begins with God. You know John 3.16, For God so loved the world. So God begins 
with love toward us. I'm like, huh? It's not judgment. It's not rebuke. It doesn't say God so judged the world. God so criticized the world. God so rebuked the world. No. God so loved the world. But for love to be loved, there's got to be an action. So what did he do? He gave. See, love isn't just a feeling. It's an action. Because the action makes love a reality. If there's no action, how does anybody know the reality of love? So the reality of God's love toward us, oh, he gave. And that word means to bestow a gift. I like that. To bestow a gift. So love gives, doesn't it? Don't we give because of love? Happy anniversary. I got you this. Happy birthday. I got you this. Oh, for no reason at all. I got you this. Behind all of them is love. And behind God reaching out to us is his love. So he gave. Okay. What did he give? What? His only begotten son. <laughs> God so loved us, he'd proved it by giving his only begotten son. Wow. For God to have to sacrifice his own son for the sins of the world, it shows, number one, just how evil sin is, and number two, just how good God's love is. See, because you know what sin does? It separates man from God, and God didn't like that. He's like, no, I don't want you separated from me. I'm going to do something. I love you, and I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm going to do something for you. Because you see, you know what love does? Love does what needs to be done. That's what love does. It does what needs to be done. Love doesn't think twice about it. You know, my child needs a lung. Here, take mine. You don't think about it. Oh, let me see. Where can I get a lung? Take my lung. My friend is drowning. Oh, no. Jump in. You don't think about, oh, wait a minute. now. I don't know if I... No, you jump in. Because that's your friend. See, real love doesn't think twice about what needs to be done. Man was lost in sin. God, in his love, didn't think twice about what had to be done. As a matter of fact, you know what the Bible says? That Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I'm like, so even before there was man, and even before there was sin, because God knows all, Christ was already foreordained to come and die for our sins. Why? Because God didn't have to think twice. He already had it figured out before he needed to. And he gave his uniquely born son. What does that mean, uniquely born? It means he's one of a kind. Born of a virgin. How'd that happen? The Holy Spirit conceived in Mary. And Jesus was a man with two natures. He was the God-man. He had the nature of God, and he also had the nature of man. He was uniquely born, one of a kind. No other ones like him ever came after. So now the why of Christmas. Why did God do this? 
that whoever believes in him, speaking of Christ, shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know what part of the verse I like? Whoever. I like that part. Whoever believes in him. Christ died not for our sins only, but for those of the whole world. Think about it. The whole world has the potential to be saved. Are they? No. What's wrong with them? What is wrong with people? They refuse the gift of God that brings them back into a relationship with Him. They refuse forgiveness. They refuse the weight of the world being lifted off their shoulders. They refuse having to live in shame and guilt. They'd rather live in shame and guilt than have it taken away. See, God made a way for us. He made a way for us to escape perdition and to enter glory. So I'm like, what's wrong with people? And we all know people like that, don't we? And it grieves us. It grieves us that we have friends and maybe even family, neighbors, co-workers. They don't want to escape perdition, nor do they want to enter into glory. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Look at what God has done. God gave a uniquely born gift, His Son, to us, so we can escape the judgment. And yet some people, ah, no, where's Santa Claus? Why isn't Santa Claus in this picture? <laughs> That's what I think. You know, why does Santa Claus dominate? It's the Lord Jesus that should dominate. Okay, so God loved us. He sent his son. When did he do this? 2,000 years ago. Wow. Let me tell you something. 2,000 years ago, Jesus did something for us. We're still talking about him today. That must mean something. He's the talk of the town, isn't he? And it's funny, when you mention his name, some people love him, some people hate him. And they don't even know him. What reason on the earth could somebody give to hate Jesus Christ? What reason? If I read my Bible, whatever he said, whatever he did, it was all good. I can't find a reason to hate him. I can only find reasons to praise him. But there are those, okay. So 2,000 years ago, he did something. And Peter commented on that. You know Peter the Apostle? He said in 1 Peter 1.20, For he, Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Didn't I say that? I did say that. Peter must have got it from me. So he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. So even though back in eternity past, Jesus was foreordained to come, then in the fullness of time, boom, he came. He came. And then the fulfillment. First Peter 3.18 For Christ also died for sins once for all. The just, that's him. For the unjust, that's us. So that he might bring us to God. Now, some people have a problem being called sinners. I don't. You know why? Because I am. We're all sinners. Come on, let's be honest. And then we can acknowledge that we have a need for a Savior. The Savior has come, and it's all set. He took our sins upon himself. And we, we enter into the forgiveness of God. 
So the reason Jesus came was to bring us to God. He was born to die. Jesus was born to die. You know, Bruce Springsteen had a song, Born to Run. Jesus has a story, Born to Die. That's why he was born. And you know, when the Magi came to visit the Holy Family, they brought gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold, that was for their travels to Egypt because um, Herod sought to kill the family. So God said, listen, you got to go. Go to Egypt. And he had gold presented to them to carry them through. Frankincense, the incense of a priest, signifying the priesthood of Jesus. And myrrh, a spice for funerals. It's a funeral spice, signifying his death. In that baby, we have the birth, the life, and the death of Christ. All represented by the gifts of the Magi. And why did God do this? He gave the ultimate demonstration of love. Wouldn't you say? I mean, do you think? Is there a greater act of love? I think it's a greater act of love to give your son than it is to give yourself. More people would would give themselves than they would their child. But God gave his child. Wow. God gave something that he loved. It's easy to sacrifice yourself compared to sacrificing the one that you love. But Paul said in Romans 5, God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like, wait a minute. This this cannot be true. While we were sinners, Christ died? You know, we don't do things for bad people. We put them in jail. But you know what God did? He sent a sacrifice. Oh, his own son. That's why. He didn't send his son because we were all that. Or we were holy. Or seeking after him. Or doing everything right. No. He sent his son because we were dead in our sins. Lost. And his son came. And he found us. And he brought us back to his father by means of the cross. See, Christmas has a very deep meaning. And you know what's sad, I think? I know. Those that miss this meaning, they really miss the depth of Christmas. Christmas is deep. It's deep. It's deep with meaning. It's deep with emotion. It's deep with hope. And people that don't see the spiritual aspect of Christmas, they go without it. And it just becomes cotton candy. That's all it is. You can't live on cotton candy. It's not fulfilling. It rots your teeth. It'll make you sick if you eat too much. But that's how people live today. That's how, that's what Christmas is to them. It's like cotton candy. And they don't go deep into the meaning of why we even observe it. How important it is to know the deepness of Christmas. Okay. So who? God. What gave his son? Why? So we could escape perdition and enter glory. When? 2,000 years ago. And finally, where? Where did this final plan of saving us consummate? On a cross 
on a hill called Calvary. They nailed him to the cross. He bled, and before he died, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want to leave you with three things that this tells us. Number one, love is the initiative for all God does. It really is. Everything he does, what motivates it is his love, because God is love. Now, we know that he's often misrepresented as harsh and demanding, but that's a misrepresentation. Those who truly know him, we know the difference. We know he is love. And if you and I let love be our initiative for what we do, it'll certainly be life-changing. Think about it. Let love, God's love, be the initiative for all you do. Wow, you'll be like God. Secondly, Jesus didn't do something to change God's mind. He was in God's mind in eternity past as the one who would come and atone for the sins of mankind. God did not act for his sake, but for our sakes. So Jesus didn't die, and then God said, Well, you know what, son? Seeing you suffer so much, okay, I'll forgive him. No, it was, son, you're going to go and pay their debt. They have a tremendous debt. They are alienated from me. They're broken. They are lost. And you're going to go and restore them. This is the deal. And you're going to bring them back, all those that believe. And that's what happened. And many of us believe, and we're restored back to God. And, I, you know, we always pray at Christmas, right, that God would open up the minds, the hearts of people, that they too would come to see the reality of Christmas and Christ and the gift that was given. Christmas is a special spiritual time, just like Easter. Those two times of the year when hearts seem to be more sensitive to the things of God. So we want to utilize those the best we can and try to reach people the best we can. Number three, this tells us of the width of God's love or the breadth of God's love or the height of God's love. And you know what it is? The world. God so loved the world, not a nation, not a people, not a tribe or a tongue, not those good or deserving. Hey, not even those who loved him. Not even them. You know who he loved? The broken. And you know, in the ministry of Jesus, he demonstrates God's love for the broken with all of the healings that he brought, showing God's heart for broken people. God's love goes to the hurting. Jesus raised the son of a mom who was grieving her boy that died. Oh, no one hurts like a mom who lost a son. And Jesus came and healed that hurt by raising her son. He came for the lonely. Remember that guy that had legion? Legion. 
thousand demons in him. He was lonely, lived in caves all by himself, hurt himself, screamed all night, a terrible life. And Jesus came and cast those demons out. They were gone. That guy was restored in his right mind, brought back to life in a sense. Jesus came for the sickly. He's demonstrated God's heart. How about all those lepers that he healed? Lepers were outcasts of society. Their bodies were in pain. They had peeling skin, open sores. And Jesus came and cleansed them and healed them and sometimes even touched them. And you know, he came for the undeserving. You don't have to deserve to be saved by God. Remember the the zealot on the cross? They call him a thief. He wasn't really a thief. He wasn't on the cross because he was a thief. He stole from people. He was on the cross because he was a zealot. He was a Jewish militiaman fighting against Rome. And when Romans caught these guys, they strung them up on a cross to show the world, you come against us, this will happen to you. And Jesus forgave him. Maybe he was guilty of murder. Maybe he killed Roman soldiers. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Did he deserve it? No. But God gave it. None of us deserve it. That's why it's called the grace of God. You know, he came for those that are selfish. How about that guy, Zacchaeus and Matthew, the tax collectors, and all those other tax collectors that went to Zacchaeus' house? And Jesus brought them a message of love and hope and kindness, and forgiveness. You know, on and on the list goes. That's what people, Jesus came for. Surprise, surprise. He came for the unholy, not the holy. (laughs) Paul prayed for the Christians at Ephesus. And you know what he prayed for them? By the way, they were Gentiles, they were Greeks. They had to come out of paganism when they heard the gospel. And Paul said that they would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Wow. And that's why the next verse explains it all. John 3.17 For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Why Christmas? That the world might be saved through God's gift to us. And that salvation, it goes to everyone who simply would believe in Jesus. He's the God-man. Come to die for you. Come to offer himself the once and for all sacrifice for you. And that's why we have Christmas. See, Christmas, it's the beginning and the end. It's the beginning of Christ and the end of Christ's human life. You can't have one without the other. The birth points to the death. The manger points to the cross. Because it's all part of why Jesus came. It's all part of it. So how great is God's message, is God's love? And how great can Christmas be if we just understand it? And even God's people, we can get familiar and we can get worldly. 
We can. And we can miss the deepness of Christmas and what it truly means. And when you understand the deepness of Christmas, you know what? That overrides everything else. The trees, the lights, the cards, the it overrides everything. Those things don't matter anymore. Whether I have one, none, or a hundred. Those things, none of those things <clears throat> compare to God's only begotten Son. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. The child speaks of the birth. The son speaks of the death. Born to die. That's the legacy of Jesus. But hey, when resurrection comes, Sunday comes, boom, we celebrate his victory over death. So let Christmas be the greatest time of year, but you got to focus. You, you, you got to understand what it's all about. We have two Christmases, two Christmas services here at New Hope, Christmas Eve, 7 p.m., and Christmas morning, 10 a.m. We do that every year. These are our times. Other churches have their services other times as well. And if those are more appropriate, fine. But I think the key is to really get out there and observe and celebrate the birth of Christ. That's all. Go where you're led. We just provide opportunities for people that maybe don't have a place to go to come. To come at 7 o'clock Christmas Eve, 10 a.m., Christmas morning, if those times don't work for you, perhaps there's another Christian church that's offering a time that would be more convenient for you, and you go and you celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, there's something. Christmas, even the Christmas services, they're always different. They seem to have that extra oomph to them, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You know that the songs are so joyful. And, and the songs are so uplifting. Nothing like Christmas songs. I'm telling you, nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. So anyway, that's all we got to say for today. We're going to be back next time to talk about more emotions of Christmas. Amazement. We're going to see the amazement of Mary and Joseph next time. Hey, don't forget, you can still join the Hope Club anytime. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu button, read all about it. We send you a devotional every Monday through Friday in your email box. And you send us $3 a week. And that allows us to stay on the radio and create our podcast as well. The Hope Club Podcast, where you can hear all these messages all over again, on demand. Okay, we love the Word of God here. We love sharing it with you. We hope you'll hear it, and you'll share it with others as well. Let people know about the Hope Club Podcast. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.